Welcome back. Welcome back to yet another episode of your favorite podcast, the Restricted Area Podcast. It's not the best podcast out there, but it is your favorite, or at least that's what I'm hoping. But hey, last time we spoke, which to me feels like eons ago, but in all reality, it was just a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, the Boston Celtics had a chance at history. We spoke directly after the Derek White putback shot that now is, you know, blissfully just goes into uh, some deep, dark basketball highlight abyss that will, and it will not never be spoken about ever, ever again. Um, but nonetheless, we've now had an entire NBA final since then. Uh, yes, there was a mourning period for me. Because if Boston had won game seven, absolutely, I would have been on here talking my shit, like promptly, you know, maybe only a couple hours after the fact. Um, but we're handed one of the most devastating losses of recent memory. Tatum, you know the story. Look, you know, you know the story, okay? Um, I don't need to repeat history and I don't need to inflict or open up that, that wound, okay? But after the mourning period, which was a couple of days to, you know, three to four days-ish, um, just a lot of stuff kind of came up on the radar that wasn't really, like, planning for. Um, and so it got difficult to record. And about, like, game three, game four of the NBA Finals, I was like, this is a great time. I can, you know, get back into the podcast. Honestly, it was just... Partly, I wasn't that inspired. Um, but two, obviously, I listened to a lot of different podcasts. I just didn't think that there was much more that could be said that hadn't already been said a million times. I just didn't think this finals had a lot of nuance to it. Um, it kind of, I mean, maybe for like 15 minutes after game two that Miami stole in Denver, the, you know, you could talk yourself into, hey, Miami, they got a chance here. Yeah, not really. It never really felt particularly close at all, to me at least. Um, the story here is Nikola Jokic, right? Um, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what all's on the agenda tonight. Of course, it is late night. You know how we do. Uh, I try to get these done during the day. It's, it's, it's honestly just impossible. I live so close to a construction hell zone. Um, and then just, you know, there's so much noise during the day. I, got, I think I got a bird's nest in my window or something like that. It doesn't matter. Um, so I don't know what I'll, what I'll have time for. Um, you can expect to be, you can expect, expect me to be back on a regular schedule of sorts. Honestly, I am way more excited for this off season. Um, one that I have been for other offset off seasons in recent memory, but also I was just ready to get that finals over with. Like we have a really exciting draft. Uh, if you don't know by now, I live in San Antonio. San Antonio is going to have a shot to take Victor Wembanyama. Of course, uh, do they do anything else? Do they try to move up for another pick in the lottery? Do they try to? Uh, they have a ton of cap space. There's going to be some interesting free agents, not some amazing, not free, not amazing free agents, but there's interesting guys out there. Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton. Do they overpay some of these guys? Uh, Austin Reeves. Do they go? Do they stretch the Lakers? Uh, do they push the Lakers to the test and give him a max offer sheet? I'm interested about San Antonio. I'm interested to see what else happens at the top of the draft. I have a whole big Portland thing that I want to do. Tonight's probably the not not the night because uh, we should focus on we should at least give Denver um, their due, give them their respect. Uh, I do want to talk about Nikola Jokic, and of course, because I have my own podcast, I have to somehow make this about me. And trust me, I I will um, I will do just that. Um, but um, yeah, that's honestly it. Without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive into the finals, and then. We'll probably, I, I want to do some draft stuff. I want to do some like draft day trade, like hypothetical scenarios. It, it's rumor season, but you know, okay, that's what it is. It's rumor season, baby. So uh, I want to get into all the gutsy, nasty trade drama. Um, but honestly, that's probably for either a part two 
that would be released later this week, or just a we'll just do a whole whole day on it. Uh, but we'll see. Nikola Jokic is the first player in the history of the league. A lot of guys have played in the league, by the way. A lot of great players too. Um, to lead the entire postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, when we talk about the most complete players in the NBA, we usually look at a guy like LeBron or um, maybe maybe kind of like a, nah, not really Steph, LeBron or KD, like these like 6'8", 6'9", forwards, um, you know, guys who look like Paul George and Jason Tatum, right? Like not guys who look like Nikola Jokic, seven foot, just monster kind of like like running down the court like an injured deer we don't really look at those guys and say that wow that could be the most complete player in the NBA but really I think Nikola Jokic has a really compelling case of that and I think honestly he is Um, you see the tough shot making that he possesses you see the incredible passing ability he's the best passer in today's game without a doubt Um, the ability to score any point on the floor true definition of a three-level score as a seven-footer is just mind-boggling um he is the best player in the world without a doubt and i said this earlier in the season and it's why i thought he should have won mvp i for several years now have thought that Giannis has been the best player in the nba and all throughout the season i kept thinking Jokic looks just as good, if not better, on a lot of nights than Giannis does. And he's at least making me think that there's a discussion to be had for best player in the world. Joel Embiid never once, never once made me think that because I never even thought he was better than Jokic. Um, so I certainly never thought he was better than Giannis. Or, I, I mean, I have, you know, Embiid probably... He's probably like the sixth or seventh or maybe eighth best player in the NBA, honestly. I'll probably at some point sooner than later do like a, now that the finals is wrapped up, um, do a whole big like top 25, but like go real in depth on on it. Um, Because I think I I like lists. Who doesn't? They're extremely popular, of course. Um, But this postseason, I think, definitely had some shifts some 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 guys go up and some guys go down i think a guy like jamal murray who jamal murray is such an interesting case right because he's not it's not really fair with jamal murray some of the stuff like zero all-star selections like history may not look back at jamal murray all that fondly there's a chance that he i mean if he stays in the west there's a chance he never gets more than you know, one or two all-star selections, right? But, I mean, right now, how many more guards would you pick above him to go on a deep playoff run with you around the league? Steph, Dame, I mean, Luca, if we're calling him a guard. Um, You know, I don't even know if you're ready to put a guy like Shea Gilgis in there. I don't know if you're ready to put a guy like De'Aaron Fox in there, although Fox was excellent in the first round, um, even despite getting hurt. Um, You know, the point is, it's a really short list, right? It's a very short list of guys that you'd want to go into war with over Jamal Murray. He's a big shot guy. He's a big, big play guy. He lives for these moments everybody remembers bubble murray well it's that's it's not necessarily bubble murray anymore it's just who he is when he's healthy he's missed each of the last two postseasons of course he missed all of last season um he really is a special player uh and you know it's like i said history may not look back at his all-time accolades all that fondly um but he's an example of a guy who in our current player rankings has definitely vaulted himself I think for sure into the top 25 it's not like he was it's not like he was way outside of it either um but it's like he had to kind of you know at the if at the end of the regular season you would not have had him in your top 25 right like it took him a while to get back up to speed while he did look good it still was like well you know he's just like 
he's a really great guard, but he plays alongside one of the best players in the world, and that probably gives him some kudos. But, you know, he does vault himself into elite top 25, maybe top, I don't, top 20 is like, it's real easy to say top 20, and then you list, you start listing guys, and all of a sudden you're at like 15 guys, and you're like, oh God, I don't know where this player's going to fit in. Point being, he's excellent, and he launched himself up a lot. Guy that maybe went down a few pegs, Jalen Brown, maybe. Um, obviously, the struggles in the Miami series, most notably, but just kind of not really ever through three rounds, not really ever having a game that he was the best player in. That really is unfortunate. Even when you play alongside a guy like Jason Tatum, you got to have one. You got to have a game where it's like, I'm going to be the guy tonight. And when would the best time for that have been? Ask all Celtics fans. They will all groan. Game seven of Miami when, you know, uh, Tatum goes down on the first play of the game. And you're just like, okay, that usually is a killer. But the Celtics luckily have a second All-NBA guy. And it's like, well... <laughs> Actually, the thing about that is he was no good and actually pretty downright terrible and awful. Um, obviously, the Celtics offseason is like pretty damn intriguing. I honestly think it's going to be kind of boring. Quick kudos. We're not leaving. We're not done with Denver. Quick kudos to the Celtics and Brad Stevens for getting on top of this coaching thing um, by quickly remedying the bench a little bit. They just added Charles Lee to be lead assistant. Prior to that, they added Sam Cassell, a guy who's won multiple championships as a player, um, been a coach in this league for the last decade. Uh, plus, you know, really, they, they they didn't mess around. They were serious. Stevens took the podium you know, a few days after the season had ended for the Celtics and said, you know, he doubled down. He said, we're, you know, we're keeping Jalen Brown. We're keeping... Joe Missoula and we're going to make it right and so far they've he's really owned up to that and that's what they're doing uh, regardless there are still some pretty interesting decisions to be had um, and so before ideally before the draft and before things get all sorts of bamboozle crazy um, we'll do we'll do the Celtics offseason thing because I, I know it's been said and regurgitated a thousand times but um, I do have some things that I want to say about it, but, um, like I said, we're back on a normal release schedule here. Uh, we're going to have time for all of it. I promise. Jamal Murray is the exact opposite of what I just said of Jalen Brown, where Jalen Brown didn't have one game this playoffs where it felt like he was really the best guy on the floor. Um, Jamal Murray, despite playing alongside Nikola Jokic, who, you know, we just said is the best player in the world. Um, he still had nights where it looked like he was the most important guy on the floor, you know, and it didn't have to be with scoring. He averaged 10 assists throughout the entire NBA Finals. He had multiple 12-plus uh, assist games. Um, he had in game, I think it was game four in Miami. It was 12 assists, no turnovers. Um, he really is a fantastic player, and it's his health and his confidence more so um, that is, that really was the deciding factor for Denver on this run. You know, as much as it could have been, you know, obviously Jokic is the leader of the pack, best player in the world, one of the most impressive runs ever. But if there's no Jamal Murray, this doesn't happen. You know, they probably don't have enough firepower to even get past a, a team like Phoenix that had two uh, stars who were really gunning pretty hard in Durant and Booker. Um, you know, they needed that second guy. We saw it last year. We saw it the year prior with Denver. Without Jamal Murray, without that second guy, it's really hard. It's really hard to win anyway. Um, but without Murray, it was just, it was a fucking catastrophe at times. Um, just to, you know, because the, the non-Jokic minutes already are kind of tough. Um, but the, they can be remedied when you have a guy as good as Jamal Murray. Um, and you saw that. Uh, you saw that in, in games down the stretch of the season. I actually had a I had a note. I was taking notes a little bit throughout the series. I believe it was game two. Um, 
Yeah, Denver goes up double digits at start of second quarter with Jokic on the bench. And I even wrote a little hyphen, thanks, Jamal. Um, they, you know, it's just a, it was a small sample size, but Jokic goes to the bench at the end of that first quarter. Um, and it's a relatively close game. And Denver, because of the likes of Joel, Jamal Murray, there's also a terrific supporting cast here that's not going to go un, unnoticed here. Um, but having that that guy, that second star, who can kind of keep things afloat, but not only keep it afloat, but then also push the tempo in their own kind of way. Um, and Jamal is obviously a tremendous scorer, uh, a guy who can score it at all three levels um, and hits some of the ballsiest three-pointers that you'll ever see in an NBA playoff game. That's just what he does. Um, he had moments in this series where it was absolutely just bonkers wild, especially you remember the end of game two. Um, uh, it was there was Duncan Robinson three at about four minutes left. Um, uh, you, Duncan Robinson is doing the mean mug like which is our like super corny for a guy like Duncan Robinson because he looks like me. Um, and you feel like it's over because Miami goes up double digits, huge three. They're at home or uh, not at home. Series was a blitz. Um. But needless to say, up double digits, um, momentum is swinging Miami's way, and it is a three-point game with 55 seconds to go because of an 11-2 run by Denver, um, mostly manned by Jamal Murray. Um, he hits back-to-back crazy triples. It cuts lead from nine down to three, and then just just couldn't, just wasn't enough. Um. But in that game, you know, despite Miami winning, um, you just never felt like they really had total control of the series or even of that game just because they were so good and and they only beat Denver by, um, you know, they just barely outlasted Denver. That's really all they did in that game. They just outlasted Denver. Um, and, of course, you only get 48 minutes, so I'm not trying to give Denver some sort of false credit here. Like, man, if they just had you know, four more minutes. Um, but really, I mean, like Denver got sloppy for a little bit too long during get that game too. Um, and that, you know, they ultimately just didn't have enough time on the back end of that game to, to make up for it. Um, I was going to run through some notes that I had game by game, but really, I mean, you know, you know how it goes. I mean, game two was really the only game that kind of had a narrative that differed from, the status quo of this series. And we just kind of, honestly, we just kind of ran through that. Um, game two summary, Bam out of bio MVP, excellent on both ends. Miami shoots the piss out of the ball to start the game. You, they look like the heat of the Eastern conference finals. Um, huge, uh, Denver run. And at the start of the second half, Miami cuts it to six at half. Um, they showed amazing poise in this game just like they had all postseason. And that's what made you believe. That's what made you buy in to a potential Miami uh, comeback or a upset, if you will. Just the fact that they have guys who show incredible poise at all times and they never get flustered. They never get, you know, they they pretty much never pay, play with any pressure. And maybe that's the perks of being an eight seed is you have infinite amounts of house money to play off of. Um, but also... Being an eight seed, you just usually aren't very equipped with enough talent to win these things. Um, and so, like I said, if you ever thought Miami was going to win it, it was going to be in game two. It was going to be because of game two. Um, and it just it just wasn't enough. You know, they just they kind of gave it their all there. After that, I would say Miami really started to look gassed. You know, and honestly, who isn't gassed at the end of a deep playoff run? You know, pretty much everybody is, except for, like, prime LeBron James. Um, but maybe, I, I guess, Butler especially. Uh, I mean, and I, I, I may talk a big game on Twitter. Look, I'm not into the, I'm not way too into the business of, of bashing guys. Um, but I have been puzzled by the weird and, like, like Jimmy Butler's narratives, right? Like, we're doing. A, we're gonna segue into the heat here a little bit because they deserve to be talked about too, good and bad. Um, but Jimmy Butler, uh, he's such a unique 
like character in the league. Right? Jimmy Butler is 33 years old. Jimmy Butler has played, been in the league for 12 seasons. This was his 12th season. Um, he's been with four different teams. He's now been to the finals twice, lost both. Um, and he's just, for all the narratives on Jimmy Butler, for all the notoriety that he garners, for all the media and the press that he garners, and for all the airtime that we take up, you know, that, that he takes up, you know, he, what has he got to show for it, right? Like, you know, the thing that, that really grinded me the other day was the, the Hall of Fame comments. Uh, oh, yeah, if I make the Hall of Fame, I'm just not even going to show up to the ceremony. It's just, I just don't care about it. It's like, seriously? Like, for one, like, if if, if your career ended today, I really don't think he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, Maybe he is. Um. I think basketball reference has him at like a 70% shot. I just don't know. I, I mean, certainly not first ballot. Maybe he's one of those guys that circles in on a week, uh, on a year where there's a pretty weak class. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a heavy Miami influence in the voting one year and, and he makes it in. Uh, maybe Dwayne Wade becomes a Hall of Fame voter. I don't know. Um, if it was up to me, I just don't think he's done enough up until this point. It's, you know, and then... I, it's like I said, this isn't going to be a bash Jimmy Butler thing, but this guy takes up a lot of airspace and he is very much a guy who is always yapping. This guy is always waffling about something. And I heard somebody, it was Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers, who, um, was comparing Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler saying, yeah, these guys, they're pretty much cut from the same cloth. Like they just, you know, they just don't care about, you know, all the accolades and, you know, they just kind of don't care about the press or anything like that. It's like, no, actually you're dead wrong because if you've just paid attention to this postseason alone, you would totally say that about Jokic, who the best, the best quote ever from a finals post game, like this is right up there when, uh, he, as soon as he sits down, uh, the first question is that's, that's thrown to Jokic is, um, Hey, like yada, yada, yada. Are you excited for the parade on Thursday? And he goes, huh? Like parade on Thursday. He goes, he just turns to like his media correspondent or his agent or whoever was on his, on his left. And he goes, no, he just <laughs> like with a, a, a shocked and almost like disappointed look, he turns and says, no, like when is parade? And they're like, Thursday, he's like, you know, like, you can go home Friday. He's like, ah, okay. Like, this guy's not here for the parades. He's not here for the trophies. He's not here for you to tell him that he's awesome. He knows he's awesome, um, but he also just doesn't give a shit. Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, will go to, he's the ultimate, like, I'm going to pretend like I don't care, but deep down, I really care. Like, that's always the vibe I get from Jimmy Butler. Like, after the conference finals, he looks at Bam. Even Bam, Bam's like, he like tries to pass him the trophy and, you know, everybody's heard it by now. He goes, I'll hold the next one. You know, I'll hold the next trophy. Uh, and even Bam, like, kind of like does a soft, like, shrug of his shoulders almost and looks over like, okay, weirdo. Like, you know, we're allowed to celebrate. Like, there's, like, like, you know, sure, job's not finished, but also just take, take the time to celebrate. This was... This was a grueling seven game series and it's a really awesome team. Like, and we won, like we we're allowed to celebrate. Um, he just seems too cool for school all the time. And that to me is not nearly the same thing as what Jokic is doing. I think, I think for Jokic, it's true. You know, he is really, uh, the personification of like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Like, like that's he really is. Um, he really is. Not to say that he doesn't, I think there's like this notion that Jokic doesn't care about basketball at all or that he doesn't work hard. Like, like that's ridiculous. That's insane. Like you don't become the best player in the world by, you know, without working hard and just look at him physically. Like, uh, like just look at his, his physique. Um, you know, you don't think he had to work hard, like to get into the shape he's in. 
I'm not saying he looks like a world-class bodybuilder, but, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe even like even after the first MVP, he was still often referred to as chubby or fat. And, you know, you can't truly be fat and be an NBA MVP, but, you know, it was true. Like, he looked, he was definitely not in the best shape he could have been in. And look at him now, he looks a lot more lean. He looks a lot, uh, he moves a lot better on the court. He moves a lot quicker. Um, you know, he, for his size, is fairly quick and a lot more nimble than what he used to be. So this is a guy who does give a shit and does work hard. So, um, you know, don't confuse the nonchalantness and the interest in his other hobbies and his family and, you know, being back home and, you know, Sambor, you know, don't confuse all that with the fact that the guy doesn't give a shit because clearly he does and he's going to be, you know, absolutely incredible next year. Um, and I'm actually, let's just talk about the heats or the, or no, not the heat, but Denver's ability to repeat. Um, I think it's going to be tougher. I think it's going to be tough and it's always tough to repeat. That's why we see so few of them outside of, you know, the real, the real, like the real dogs, the real super teams here. And Denver is far from a super team. However, they are a really well-built basketball team, but, you know, things are going to get tight here financially for them. Um, They're going to be fine with having, they're going to have Jokic, Murray, and Porter under contract for next year. And, you know, Porter is making 30 plus million dollars and that could get uncomfortable maybe two seasons from now. You know, once that second apron uh, starts to, once that second tax apron really starts to, to, rear its ugly head in this new CBA. Um, but for the most part, I think they're going to be able to retain the core that got them here this year. Um, Bruce Brown gave some verbal assurance that it's it's not a guarantee that he's not back next year. And it, it's not, you know. Uh, Bruce Brown is a really good player and really was super important to this title run if they lost him because he is a, he has a player option. He will undoubtedly you know i think there's no way that he doesn't you know pick that up or that he doesn't um you know refuse to pick it up rather um but if they could actually i don't know i don't know he may have to pick it up to come back and maybe he does one more year with denver and you know bets on himself but thing is you know a guy like that is probably due for some pretty good long-term money so it is more likely than not that he does move on but with or without Bruce Brown like they're gonna be fine like you know they, let's just look at them they they drafted they draft really well like obviously they got Nikola Jokic that is the best draft pick of all time number 43 they drafted him during a Taco Bell Quesarito commercial dude come on um they found Jamal Murray in the draft they just found Christian Brown and say what you will about Christian Brown. Dude's a damn good basketball player. And he played serious minutes for them in a uh, closeout game in the NBA Finals. Um, and they found him in just last year's draft as, as a rookie playing serious uh, minutes and, and be, you know playing really well at that. Um, so you expect certain guys to just go up a level like Christian Brown, um, you know, depending on what you think about a guy like a kid like Peyton Watson. Uh, you know, of course, and they have this year's draft, uh, and you can always get creative. You can always get off of a bad contract. You can always send out a pick, get a guy who's on an expiring deal. Once you have the real six or seven guys that you really want to go for it with, getting the tertiary seven, eighth, ninth guys uh, to get you through a season, then you know you you trim your rotation to get you down into the postseason. Um. It's always easier to, to to do those things. So, I also think that's a that's part of a narrative that's that's going on with this new CBA. Is like, oh my God, like these teams with, you know, they go over the the, the tax. Like they're gonna be, it's they're gonna be, after they're gonna be screwed. They're gonna be totally like they got like it's gonna be so hard to win now. You'd almost rather be one of these teams that doesn't have all this money attached to guys. It's like no, you would one hundred percent rather be Boston having to pay Tatum and Brown than having to be them being like Houston and having really no direction. And sure, you have a 
shit ton of cap space. Congratulations. You also have no pathway, no direct pathway forward to winning in the near future. Um, right. Like Boston, no matter what the stipulations are, we'll find guys who can get on the court, right? Milwaukee, if they have to pay Chris Middleton and, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to keep Middleton and Lopez, but if they do, um, then they're going to find the other guys. Like they just will. Like if it's through the draft, it's through the draft. If it's through a weird trade, it's through a weird trade. If it's a buyout guy, um, Oh, actually, you know, bio, bio guys are one of the stipulations of the CBA. So maybe it's, you know, like I said, it's it's not going to be a perfect world, but like you, I just think we're kind of going too far in the other direction of like, uh, wow, you don't want to be one of those teams who has all these expensive players. It's like, no, you pretty much want to be a team that has the the burden almost like, but the, the lucky burden of having to pay high level talent. Um and so Denver's going to be in that situation. They've got expensive guys, but they've also got the best player in the world. And I don't think you could really draw up a better player to play alongside Nikola Jokic than Jamal Murray. Like the fact that they've been at this for seven years together now, um, they play off of each other so well. That is one of the most devastating two-man games, one of the most devastating pick and rolls in the sport. Um, it's devastating. It is remarkable. Like the efficiency that they score on the pick and roll, the efficiency um, when they're on the floor together. Like I said earlier, the fact that they can take Jokic off the floor and have the faith that Jamal can carry the load for those short uh, periods of time. Um, they're going to be fine. Like um, as far as their ability to repeat going forward, it will be difficult. Phoenix, um, say what you will about firing Monty Williams, bringing in, uh, I'm totally blanking. I'm so blanking. Um, you know who they hired. I do too. I'm just blanking on this name. Um, but the fact is like, they're going to have a, a training camp together. They're probably going to bring Chris Paul back. They're probably going to trade maybe Aiton, you know, there's going to be something interesting that happens with Phoenix. Maybe it's maybe they do pull off this Damian Lillard trade. The same trade that I structured at the trade deadline for them, um, I did. I structured a trade for them, and I thought, like, if they wanted to go all in, like, they got, they just got Durant, they could really get crazy and go get Damian Lillard. Um, there's going to be something weird that happens with Phoenix. There's going to be something weird that happens with LA, whether it's Kyrie, whether they get Damian Lillard, right? Like, these teams aren't done. You know, the offseason just begun today. Um, the draft is coming up on us very quickly. Um, so things are going to get weird. Like something weird's going to happen with Golden State. They just lost Bob Myers. You know, that, could there be somebody who steps in and wants to, you know, take it a different path? Not to say they would full-fledged rebuild, but like, do they say, you know what? We're not paying you, Draymond, you know? Is there a sign and trade with Draymond? You know, I've seen guys say that they'll trade him to Boston. Unlikely, really unlikely. Think that one through for a second. Um, do they trade though? Do they finally offload all the rest of the young guys and some picks and try to get involved somewhere? It's going to be, it's something weird is going to happen with these other fringe contenders. Um, you know, when Yana's going to San Antonio, San Antonio's probably going to be the fa favorite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think with a full offseason under, you know, Phoenix's belt, um, with all the kind of uncertainty in the trade market, you know, we know about Dame's potential to be traded, but there's, you know how this goes. There's always another guy who pops up. Is it Carl Towns? I think Carl Towns is likely to get moved. Could Trey Young get moved? Could Trey Young and Carl Towns get moved for one another? You know, uh, there's always going to be some 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 mix up and shake up. Um, Denver would be, as of today, be my favorites in the West to repeat, um, but you know it's going to be a long road to that, and it's a long off season ahead of us. As for Miami. I think Miami has some pretty interesting decisions to make. Uh, you have to, you know, 
if I'm Miami, the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to think too highly of myself, right? Like, I don't want to beat myself up and be like, you know, everybody's got to go because obviously they just played, they just played themselves in the NBA finals. Did some things break their way? Absolutely. But even if the Celtics had made the finals, things would have had, would have broken their way. You know, they would have caught, you know, some injury luck or they would have been the beneficiary of, yeah, like a guy going down in a series, like say, instead of game seven, Tatum sprains his ankle, say Butler sprained his ankle in that game, right? Then, you know, something pretty much always breaks a team's way for them to get a little luck. It's better to be lucky than it is to be good, right? Um, but for Miami, I think you have to be honest with yourselves. The odds of this group, of this core, doing this again is really unlikely. Like, extremely unlikely. Like, like so super-duper unlikely. Like, you need to make a change. Um, now, the good thing for Miami, you know, you pretty much, you really should like a lot of the things you have. You should obviously love Eric Spolstra. You have the best coach, one of if not the best coach in the sport. Um, you have Jimmy Butler, who, age 33, um, you know, you're you're not at a point where you're going to worry right now. Maybe you're a year or two away from being like, okay, you know, he's starting to creep into that. He's, you know, once he creeps past the wrong side of 35, that's probably when you start to worry about things like that. But Jimmy Butler, to his credit, has kept himself in phenomenal shape. And just played, you know, a fairly, had a fairly impressive playoff run. You know, obviously we know how amazing the the Milwaukee series was. After that, you know, I'd say it was a good run, not a great run. Um, you know, he was averaging a lot closer to 20 points a game than he was 30 points a game. Um, you know, a lot of his stats were kind of inflated from the Milwaukee series, but you know, it's that Milwaukee series that was the you know is what propelled this run in the first place. So you like that you have Jimmy Butler. You like that you have Bam Adebayo. Do you wish Bam Adebayo was a bit more consistent? Yes, but also Bam Adebayo is 2017 draft, and he's not a superstar. So guys who aren't you know, superstars, it's going to take them more than five or six years to really get the ball rolling. Um, and if you have any faith in the guy, you think, you, you know, then you know he's going to be better next season. Um, they did this without Tyler Hero. I think that's where some intrigue comes in. I personally really like Tyler Hero. I think he projects as somebody who could be their best player one day. I think, like, if you're thinking post-Jimmy Butler era, you're thinking about Tyler Hero to to help you, you know, in that in that stage. Um, but you could also say we're in the we're kind of in the twilight of whatever good years Jimmy has left. You know, do we kind of punt on Tyler Hero because we just did this without him? And do we package him in a few first-round picks? And do we try to go and get something a little bit better? Obviously, once again, Damian Lillard has been vocal about you know Miami and how he would welcome a trade there. Do I think that makes them infinitely better? Do I think that makes them? I think it, I think it makes them more of a firm contender than they were this year. And this year they made the finals, so I think it's a trade that gets you that that pushes them upwards. Um, is that the perfect player to put next to Jimmy Butler, who is pretty, you know, pretty ball dominant guy at times, who isn't really an off the ball player? You know, maybe not. Um, but Jimmy Butler can play off the ball. Um, is he most effective with the ball in his hands? Yes, just like the rest of the top twenty uh, guys in this league. Yeah, he's more effective with the ball in his hands, of course. Um, but. I think if that trade's available, I think you have to really look at it and say, you know, it might be worth doing. Um, but like I said, Damian Lillard, it's not the only guy who's going to become available this offseason. So, you know, they're going to have opportunities to do 
to make changes to this roster, build around Butler, build around Bam. I don't think either of those guys have a shot in hell of getting traded. Um, heat culture wouldn't allow it. <laughs> heat culture wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, but yeah, no, nobody's picking Miami next year, right? Like, um, there is no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that won't happen. There is no Kevin Durant like trade that, that could happen. Like, like for Phoenix, like that one just kind of fell into the lap. Um, and even that didn't really work out as well as you'd hoped. Um, there's really not going to be anybody of that caliber who comes along in a trade. Um, the absolute best player who could even remotely be available for trade this offseason, uh, just off the top of my head, is probably Jalen Brown. But you're not going to get Jalen Brown easily. Like, he's not getting traded. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, if you think he's getting traded, like, the last possible time he was going to get traded was last summer. Um, for Kevin Durant. And it seems pretty official that the deal was, Shams just reported this again, just confirmed it last week, that it was brown, white, and a pick. And honestly, it's like, you know, if you're Celtics fans, you know, and you're looking at how game seven went, and you're like, well, if instead of Jalen Brown, if that was Kevin Durant, like how does that break? How does that go? Um. Yeah, it leads you to be curious, but also Kevin Durant got injured on two separate occasions post Suns acquisition. So like, and they got bounced in the second round. So and Boston had just swept Kevin Durant, who you know, in a playoff series again, you know, against Brooklyn, that where he didn't look spectacular, right? And you'd honestly think that Jason Tatum kind of outplayed him in that playoff series, that first round series against Brooklyn two years ago. Um, so you weren't all like gung-ho on trading for Kevin Durant, and I certainly wasn't. I didn't think they should have. I still don't think they should have, like I said. Since then, he's been injured twice. Um, well, since then, he's actually been injured, I believe, on three separate occasions, but two even since getting traded to Phoenix. Um, and then, you know, they get bounced out in second round. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Durant certainly wasn't like, I don't think he was lighting the world on fire this playoffs. Like he was great, like he was good. Like, but by his standards, I mean, I don't think he was like. You weren't like, oh, are you, like, you weren't at work the next day being like, did you see Kevin Durant did last night? Like, oh my god, it was like. You honestly were more kind of you were kind of more impressed with Devin Booker a lot of the times this postseason. Um, but that's Miami. Nobody's picking them the year to win next year. They have a little bit of flexibility. Um, if they wanted to move Hero, but also maybe they just say maybe, maybe getting Hero back is like our acquisition. Like, like maybe getting him back is the key, like the piece. Um, and I wouldn't argue that at all. Like, yeah, they kind of were awesome at times without him, but you know, that's I don't think like there's. I think in the long run, in the big picture, they are better with him. So that's Miami. That is Miami. That is Denver. That is your NBA Finals. Um, yeah, that was no cuts at all. And I probably, you probably could argue about halfway through this episode, I probably should have done a cut. My mouth is a little dry and I've got water right here, but you know, I'm not going to, I just, I was kind of in a, in a flow of, of empty thought. I don't have a, a Google Chrome browser open. I don't have a, I don't have a browser tab open. I hardly have any notes. Um, I just wanted to talk about the NBA Finals. Um, this episode kind of got me back in my flow, back in my, back in my podcasting bag. Um, like I said, I'm way more excited for the NBA drafts coming up and free agency. And I'm excited for the first like emergency podcast that we do after a big trade or a big signing. Um, you know, we're not going to have, we're also not going to have a very big, I shouldn't say emergency podcast for a signing because, you know, July 1st is coming up, but what's the biggest, what's the biggest rage and available Chris Paul? Like if, if he does get waived and they split ways, is it going to be Chris Paul? Is it going to be Chris Middleton? You know, unless Chris Middleton signs with the freaking Celtics, 
Like, there's not going to be a reason to talk about that. Um, had newsflash, that's not going to happen. Because the Celtics can't sign anybody. They couldn't even sign me. They're so, like, they're so deep into the to the salary cap, they couldn't even sign me, dude. So, uh, actually, they could. They could just give me the, M- the NBA min- minimum, and I would gladly accept. You know, I'd be taking quite a pay cut uh, from the podcast revenue to go play for them, but um, nonetheless, um, Wick, Brad, go ahead, give me a call. I'm here, I'm working. Okay, the fact that I just rubbed my eyes for 30 seconds and now I look like a drug addict um, is enough to tell me that I am fucking tired and I need to go to sleep. Um, If it got a little muddy in the middle of it because I was talking with a groggy voice and a little bit out of my train of thought, if I started looking off left and right, um, my apologies. Um, This is the first first one back. This is a little layup line podcast. Um, I made some some slight changes to the set, and by my by the set I mean my room. Um, Nothing drastic. I just changed out. I just changed out the vinyl that you see. That is Prince 1999, best year ever, okay? And that is John Mayer, born and raised. Uh, I have a whole, god dang it, whole vinyl collection down there. Uh, and I haven't changed out the 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 records you see since I started doing the podcast. I used to do it all the time. Uh, but I always liked having the Kanye 808s record right there. Also, I put out some some cards, some graded, some not. Most notably, uh, if you're watching this, watching the video feed, I do apologize, um, is Jason Tatum rookie card graded PSA 9, not PSA 10. I can't afford that, okay? But once I sign with the Celtics, like I said, you know, we'll be all set. Also, there's some more Celtics paraphernalia over on this wall, but you can't see that because it is off limits. Um... Yeah, so that was today's show. It's now 1230 at night, um, and I got to go to bed. So we're going to try to get this uploaded super fast, and then I'm going to go to bed. Um, thank you so much for joining me tonight, but not, not only tonight, but for this whole second half of the NBA season. You know, I started doing the podcast around January or February, just out of like spur of the moment like I really wanted to talk basketball but I really only wanted to talk about it my way and of course the only way to do it my way was not to talk to my friends but to talk to you all and for those of you that have actually stumbled upon this feed um I'm surprised there's actually more than three of you um so thank you for checking it out thank you for ever liking a video on YouTube the YouTube feed it's still not even close to where we want it to be. The YouTube feed is uh, lagging behind. Um, but if you've ever liked a podcast, saved it, downloaded it, shared it, I really, really am so thankful because um, I wasn't sure if this was going to get any traction at all. And it's gotten, you know, very, 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 very mild, very moderate Um you know, playback and um, the what little feedback I have heard directly from you guys has been really inspiring, really um, positive, and um, I'm really grateful. So I'm going to try to, I'm really going to try to to hold myself accountable to making some more quality stuff, getting getting the YouTube feeds updated, getting pushing myself to make dreaded TikToks because I fear that I fear that is the most likely way that I can I'm gonna grow this thing. Um but if you've got any ideas, any comments, any feedback, you you know how to find me. Um thank you for listening. We're gonna get into some really fun stuff in this off season. Congratulations, Denver. Any Nuggets fans listening, congratulations to you. I was really excited for you last night. Oh, 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 I forgot. I forgot. I got to make this Denver Nuggets thing about me because I have a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
it's kind of a, I'm kind of taking a shot at people who like, like every talking head and every guy with a podcast, like, and even everybody with a Twitter account like has to like make this about me. And I kind of did like a, I kind of made it about me with a tweet last night in a small way, but really, um, I really do love this Nuggets team. I have a Nikola Jokic t-shirt. I have a Nikola Jokic like plus plush doll. I have a, a pair of socks. Um, but really, uh, I've tried to catch Denver pretty much every single time they've come to play the Spurs, um, each of like the last five years. Like, and that includes preseason games. I remember one year I drug, I like, I couldn't get anybody to go with me. Um, so I was just going to go by myself, but I was like, you know, um, I think trying to think about Gary Harris had just inked, I think a four year, $80 million deal. So I don't remember, I'm guessing 2017, I think 2017. Yeah, it had to be, had to be 2017, but I remember taking my mom to that. Um, (laughs) just cause you know, she had taken me to games when I was younger, um, which helped spark my interest in basketball. And, um, at the time, you know, preseason tickets were pretty much all I could probably afford. Um, and so, but I really, I had to see Jokic. I had to see him in person. You know, I've been watching him since he got drafted and I had to go see him in person. And this was well before the MVP stuff with him, uh, let alone the player that he is now, although he was great back then. Um, and I just was fascinated by that group, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. I just kind of thought like, that's one of the best, like little young cores in the league. And ever since then I've been hooked. And now I try to go see them every time this year. I did good. I got to see them twice. Um, I actually saw the Spurs beat them. And I remember around that time, people were kind of concerned with Denver and, you know, they had kind of looked like they had taken a step back those last like six weeks of the season. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's fun that I've kind of been there to watch them. You know, we all have, we've all been, if you've all, you know, whoever's been watching this run, um, you know, watching them finally put it all together, get healthy, not give up on this group, not give up on Mike Malone. Um, it is special to like kind of see it all come to fruition and kind of all see it all, you know, meet in the form of a, of a title. Um, so yes, I was happy for them, uh, last night and I was happy to, to just, just as a fan to watch them celebrate. Uh, I think a lot, I think that was a feeling a lot of people had, which was just like, we're, we're happy for you. We're excited for you, you know, um, it's just a very likable group, very likable star players, very likable coach. Um, and I think they're here to stay. Uh, so congratulations again, Denver. I know that feeling is incredible. Um, I was a little bit jealous, but it was fun to celebrate with you just for a night. So um, that's going to do it for this episode. I'll see you all in the next one. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.